Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to the second week of Spooktober. I am one of your frightfully dead hosts, Danny Fernandez. And sitting across from me... Very much alive, as if you wide away. How's it going? Don't need anybody. Look, man... But iffy! can't leave anything dead anymore people people try and pick up the pick up the pieces and do what they want to it come into Whoa. my coven yeah i changed my uh twitter no from... see i i never have done that and i never will you did yeah. one of the puns well no i changed it changed it from if he's not funny to if you way to be better branding wise oh yeah and someone took if he's not funny because while i had it <gasps> no uh, Timothy Chalamet tweeted at me. So oh. someone took it and then was like, follow me, Timmy. I was like, don't use my Gross. old. I, yeah. I hate that. Yeah, you know. Well, it's happened to a couple of our friends. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say you changed it to a, a spooktacular name. Oh, yeah. Which all of Iffy, our Shigool, Iffy Shigool Day. See, you did. And yeah. you're making fun of me for being corny. Well, no, I didn't say you were corny. I didn't put all that on you. Put, mm-hmm. you're, you're posting that on me. I just said I'm very much alive. You know you what? Know, Actually, pe- taxes. people can't see, but you're wearing a ball eagle wolf howling at the moon shirt so yeah, yeah there's actually seven hidden wolves in the shirt fun fat fun spook to- it's very spooky yeah yeah <laughs> i love are it wolf spooky they yeah werewolf teen wolf okay werewolves are american i've werewolf always been like the- i want to be a werewolf you know mm-hmm. yeah um we are joined here with someone who has been patiently uh, been okay with us uh we have stand-up comedian and horror enthusiast jen saunderson thanks for coming on hello hey Hi. yeah when i asked for people that were tales from the crypt fans you were tagged i think by a couple of people yeah, people know that I love the horror movies. Like, I host uh, horror movie events at my house, like horror brunch. Oh, cool. I'll just have comics come over and we'll eat uh, brunch and just uh, basically mystery science theater, a bunch of horror movies. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Do you watch some of the, yeah, like the mystery science, do you watch some of those old uh, black and white ones? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of my favorite ones are 
like from the 40s, like uh, Dead of Night, which is like uh-huh. a horror anthology that's British and just absolutely terrifying at times, funny at others. Yeah, I forgot. We did one. I don't know if you were there, Ify, but I did a horror night at, at Hyper RPG, which is a, a Twitch channel. And uh, we were able to live stream it because we used one of the fair use ones. Like a lot of those old black and white ones, they have like fair use. Uh, just a little little known fact there. Uh, but what what was your first introduction to Tales from the Crypt? Did you ever read any of the comics? I did not read any of the comics, uh, but I do remember one of my friends, like in I guess in elementary school, like for a slumber party, her parents had HBO. Like, ooh, fancy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, look at you. And we stayed up really late in the living room, just watching as much as we could because we knew if any parents came down, that yeah. would be turned off immediately. That's so funny. We also had the HBO package. I think we had Skinamax. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. No, I was a big, uh, big practitioner. I was on the other. <laughs> what does that mean? I was on the other part of my uh, Witch Hunter Robin VHS. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. My brothers and I just used to religiously watch like those movie channels. I don't know why my parents had them, but uh, yeah, I remember also. You know, it would be like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and it would flip over with softcore porn. Yeah. Little known facts. Little known facts. So, yeah, HBO just did away with their whole. Uh, late night section so i guess you don't really need i mean yeah also they still have tons of tits and stuff on that channel with game of thrones so there's still there's still a lot of nudity yeah yeah but i guess now it's it kind of reminds me of playboy it's like well you can kind of get it anywhere (laughs) no one's reading hbo yeah (laughs) uh so today we are covering tales from the crypt yeah if he what do you remember watching this show? Uh I remember catching bits and pieces of it, but I was always afraid just from the intro, from the jump. I didn't even make it far, but when he would pop out, whoo, that would get your boy. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I that was all I needed. And I was like, all right, I can go to sleep now. I yeah. got scared. Tales from the Crypt is an American horror anthology television series that ran from June 10th of 1989, a year after I was born, uh, <laughs> to July 19th, 1996. I think it's also a ye- the year that, that, uh, that, uh, that Danny was born. I was also <laughs> born that year. There's yeah. a running tally that's going to be made in this studio of how many times if he has brought up that that's the year he was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, you know, I just need people to know for the people at home. T- They're count. aware. Like, where, where, where were they in their life when these things happened? Yeah, no, I get it. It's because sometimes people get on. It's like you didn't watch it when it came out. I was like, no, fool, I was one. Like, yeah. chill, chill. I caught the reruns. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. But it was on HBO <laughs> for seven seasons with a total of 93 episodes. And the title is based on the EC Comics, originally Educating Comics, but then rebranded as Entertaining Comics because who wants to read Educating Comics? <laughs> Let's be serious. That, that's like, Highlights. I wonder where it is on that tier. Like, tier one is your mainstream, like, Marvel image. And then I think under that, would probably be educating comics, and then under that would be all those Christian comics they give out it for free. W- at it Comic-Con. was Christian comics. It, sorry, it was Christian comics and uh, educational history comics is what they made. What? Yeah. Oh wow. So never mind. That is that is going to be <laughs> on tier three. <laughs> I didn't realize because I host at Mental Floss, and I didn't realize that they were a comic. Because I was like, oh yeah, I used to read those. Um, but yeah, those and highlights. You guys, highlights. Yeah, yeah. Was my jam. Yeah, Goofus and Galant, they taught me everything I need to know about life. 
<laughs> Deep cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big. I was. I was a big goof G head. Uh, <laughs> so the show came from the comics, which was an American bi-monthly horror comic anthology series published from 1950 to 1955, producing 27 issues. So it didn't even run. That's not that long. Yeah, it didn't run that long. You yeah. Know? So, uh, because the TV show aired on HBO, a premium cable television network, it was one of the few anthology series to be allowed to have basically full freedom from Boobies. censorship. Yeah. <laughs> and the network standards and practices. I probably haven't seen, like, the full action version, because the ones I saw were the reruns that came on late night on And those network. have been edited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so, I haven't actually seen the full action. I'm going to have to go back and watch. Yeah, um, see those '80s titties. I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's <laughs> like, something different about them. There, there's something. It's, tr- different. it's true. Yeah, and the bras are a little bit different. Um, yeah. So they had graphic violence, profanity, sexual activity, and nudity. One of the episodes that I watched the other night, split second, it ha- did have a lot of. I don't know if you remember that one, but it was like a lumberjack oh, yeah. situation. Um, also, you know, going back and watching them, kind of problematic. You can definitely tell that they're written. At least some of them, like. By dudes. Um, For sure. Because there were like <laughs> at sure. least two or three episodes that had the same theme, which was a woman gold digger, essentially, um, and her being like super promiscuous or just, I don't know, really shallow. And I was like, cool, cool. This is this is great. Which is just funny to me because we covered the Twilight Zone and it is so different. Twilight Zone I absolutely love. And women are usually pretty empowered in those. Yeah, and yeah. This one, I think there's three separate episodes where a man gets a love potion and it goes every time horribly awry, oh. usually with a decaying corpse. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound so well, great. Well, it's funny because the heart of the show I feel like for Twilight Zone was also you know trying to speak some truth to social issues where you yeah. have a show like Tales from the Crypt which is more trying to be spooky and edgy it's like especially, shock jock yeah especially yeah. when you think in HBO like I, I'd imagine that if Tales from the Crypt was a network show we probably would be looking back at a completely different show but mm-hmm. I imagine they're like we can do what we want <laughs> oh yeah let's I know go. it's like Twilight Zone's like little brother yeah. that like found its <laughs> porn stash under yeah. its bed uh, so let's talk a little bit about the main man, the Crypt Keeper. So he first appeared in the comic. Um, so although EC's horror stable consisted of three separate magazines, there wasn't much that really distinguished them. I do remember there was a witch. Let me see. Yeah, the old yeah. witch, which was the Haunt of Fear. She was actually inspired by old Nancy, the Witch of Salem which was a host of Alonzo Dean Cole's radio series, The Witch's Tale, which aired from 1931 to 1938. So she was actually inspired by this old radio series. That's a little known fact. Um, do you remember some of these? I remember, um, if you go with radio series, I remember Suspense, which I absolutely loved. And some of the Suspense oh, uh, uh-huh. episodes would be used for Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. And also some of... Um, yeah, a lot of Twilight Zone did, and I'm sure uh, Tales from the Crypt as well used uh, teleplays and stuff that they they would actually buy them and then uh, adapt them. And they uh, uh, adapted them into plays later in the 2000s, I believe. They they started doing the old radio format like yeah. in the 2000s. Um, so there was the Crypt Keeper. There was the Vault Keeper. Uh, the, the he was the keeper of the Vault of Horror, and then again the Old Witch. Uh, yeah, so the Crypt Keeper was the primary host of Tales from the Crypt. He was introduced to the public in Crime Patrol number 15, and he continued with that magazine through its changes 
actually I have a little bit of him right here. So we're gonna play a tiny bit of him real quick. Mm, now that's what I call sushi roll. I guess Liz was right. A good man is hard to find, especially after he's been chopped into so many pieces. <laughs> well, kiddies, I've got a little chopping to do of my own. It's my producer's birthday. He's always wanted final cut. Yeah, that is the voice of John Kassir. Uh, he is an American actor, voice actor, and a comedian. So he, little known fact about Kassir, he first became known in 1985 when he defeated Sinbad for best stand-up comic on Star Search. Still what? mad about that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, so he he actually beat out Michael Winslow and uh, Charles Flesher to become the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And then he went on to do a bunch of things. He plays uh, Raimundo on Rocket Power. Yep. Mm. He also was the voice of Buster Bunny. He took over for Charlie Adler in the final season of Tiny Toon Adventures. He's the voice of Miko, the raccoon in Pocahontas. He's the voice oh. of Deadpool in X-Men Legends 2, Rise of the Apocalypse. He's done a bunch of video games. He was in various roles on the Amanda Bynes show that was on Nickelodeon. So yeah, he's he's done a bunch of stuff. He was also in Monsters University and The Secret Life of Pets. So he's been around. Yeah, yeah. he's still working, it sounds like, too. So, you know. It was crazy. But is he passed at the comedy cellar and the comedy store? I mean, store? That's, like, that's a good. <laughs> there, there, there's some stuff I want to talk counts. about that uh, that is just so inside baseball that we'll just talk about it after the cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so each episode begins with a tracking shot leading to the front door of the Crypt Keeper's mansion. Uh, once inside, the camera pans down the hallways and stairways and finally descends into the basement. Uh, that's where the Crypt Keeper pops out of his coffin like Iffy was talking about. And then little Iffy would run away <laughs> and yeah. go to bed. I really liked him a lot. My husband, he says that uh, the Crypt Keeper is his favorite stand-up comedian. He's he used, We heard him <laughs> use puns. Oh, yeah. He was very punny. Yeah. And it's just... There is an episode uh, where a mummy and a two-faced uh, quote-unquote freak, I, I hate to use the term, uh, they get busy, and that's how the Crypt Keeper apparently... What? Yeah, that's how he gets to be the Crypt Keeper. That's how we get him. It's... I had no idea. That's what happens when someone is forced to come up with an origin story. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... Season two, let's figure out how this guy got here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This show, you know, and we kind of touched on, you know, Twilight Zone kind of picking and choosing like, mm -hmm. oh, these guys were big. These guys were big. But for the Tales of the Crypt, it seems like they had A-list actors just packed to the brim because they had Patricia Arquette, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, Hank Azaria, Sandra Bullock, Steve Buscemi, Daniel Craig, Tim Curry, Benicio Del Toro, Eric Douglas, Kirk Douglas, Corey Feldman, Brad, the list goes on. And it's funny because, you know, when you're hearing when this show was out versus some of these names, it does seem like some of them were at different points of their career. Mm -hmm. Like they caught some of them early, but it's, it's really cool to see just, I don't know. It's kind of cool looking back on shows and seeing like, Oh, they did that. Like, I feel like the last time I kind of felt that similar energy was uh, my buddy was watching The Office, and you're like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Kimmy Schmidt mm -hmm. came from there." You had a, you had John you know, Krasinski, John Krasinski, mm -hmm. who is now Jack Ryan. I know, yeah, <laughs> but he's an also, analyst, yeah, Ed Helms. and a director <laughs> of an amazing film, yeah, yeah, Quiet Place. Yeah. Oh, that was him. Yes, yeah. and oh, his wow. wife. That's crazy. Oh, he's so. I good. should know her name because I don't want to be like and her wife, Emily wife. Blunt. 
Um, and she has her own. I mean, she has a Wait, ton of John stuff. Krasinski is married to Emily Bunt. Mm-hmm. How iffy? I, I'm look. I'm sorry. I'm not up on my mags? Krasinski How are you not, facts. You need to go upstairs to the Daily Zeitgeist office and yeah. read all of their. They have so many. Um, what are they called? Like tabloids. Mm, okay. Boys. No, but I was gonna call them their trash name or whatever. Yeah. Trash mags. Um, but yeah, no. But I mean, Krasinski married up. <laughs> he's him. cute because Emily Blunt but that's has all way men. more star uh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay so I wanted to name yeah so Tom Hanks yeah. was also on Tales from the Crypt um, Meatloaf yep um, always getting eaten that Meatloaf yeah yeah you, you and know, McGregor he had a good uh, like you know Meatloaf he was he had a good streak in acting because he was mm-hmm. in Spice World too <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah mm-hmm. we also had Catherine O'Hara Brad mm-hmm. Pitt he looks good. Mm-hmm. Iggy Pop, Martin Sheen, Brooke Shields, slash John Stamos. Oh, Ooh. of course we did. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Twiggy, Adam West, and Billy Zane, because how could you not? Yeah, because yeah. he's in Demon Knight. Yeah. They also had a lot of uh, famous directors uh, or actors that were also directing. So they had Michael J. Fox, Tom Hanks also was directing, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then they also had uh, Robert Zemeckis, Richard Donner. Yeah, they just, they just, it was a lot. They, they freaking packed it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go over some of the number one episodes. Okay. Um, some of the ones that I pulled were from a bunch of different sites that kind of ranked them. But before we do, Jen, what are some of yours, I guess? Oh, okay. Yeah, my favorite one, hands down, because when. Uh, when you invited me, I was like, what is my favorite one? What do I remember that scared the crap out of me as a kid? And it was definitely, um, sorry, it was definitely Only Skin Deep. I don't know if you guys remember that one. It's the one where this abusive boyfriend goes to a party. It's a Halloween party, and he's um, having an altercation with his girlfriend, and he goes, our ex-girlfriend, he goes into the kitchen, and he sees this woman, and she's wearing a white mask and kind of a latex outfit. And he ends up going home with her, and and they decide masks on, like just you know what, and anonymity, anonymity. There we go, yeah. uh, masks on. I don't want to know about you. You don't want to know about me. And they just have a lot of fun. And any other channel, you probably wouldn't have been able to see most of that. And that surprisingly wasn't any of the parts that I remembered. What I remembered was that the mask was her face. And he was trying to take it off and he was scratching her skin off because that was like that white, creepy, like China doll style mask was her face. And she was chopping off the faces of her ex-lovers. And it had one of those like creepy tropes that you see in all the horror movies now where there's like one guy and he's shaking violently like they do it in Jacob's Ladder for like the first time. And he's just like, ah, and you see that in the episode and it's just fun to see like those creepy horror tropes that we're so used to seeing now yeah. being introduced slowly in the 80s and early 90s. So wait, she took him. So wait, how did they meet at the um, at the Halloween party? But they weren't. But they had masks on. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he was like, take off everything but your mask. Exactly. Oh, so they wouldn't know. And then he was trying to take her mask off. Well, isn't that against the rules? It was. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was just getting so angry. He was like, how dare you not want to be with me? And yeah. But that was, a ter- yeah, that is pretty terrifying. Um, yeah. I, I think any mask yeah. not being a mask. <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't have sex with creepy ass masks yeah. on. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> like, 
people see eyes wide shut and then all of a sudden they're trying to you know i know live that life yeah who I'm, that, thought is that me, was though. okay like uh, who's like fidelio i'm in <laughs> <laughs> i i definitely that that is my gym like i remember after seeing hackers i went to a hacker forum to try and learn to be a hacker and i was like oh this is probably how you get hacked <laughs> just giving all your information yes. to hackers and being like teach me please hackers yeah trying to be one of you guys I was going to say on, this is according to Screen Rant, their number one episode is Dig That Cat, He's Real Gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was season one, episode three. It was directed by Richard Donner, who also did Superman 1978 and Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Uh, This is uh, the synopsis is the vagrant Ulrich is invited by Dr. Emil Manfred to to participate in a medical experiment. In return, he would receive his savings. Dr. Manfred implants a group. I always love like I love this idea of like a crazy scientist and being like, and you can get all my money. You know, like that happens. I mean, I would love it. I'm sure there's a bunch of kids out there with student loans. So like I will do it. Um, that's actually what I think those medical tests are that you see the <laughs> you see ads for. Um Dr. Manfred implants a group of cells from a cat and Ulrich is able to die nine times. Like, what well, is so specific? Ulrich uh, contacts an owner of a sideshow, Barker, and together with his mistress, Coralie, they make a successful show where Ulrich dies in front of the audience, but it sounds like he can only do it eight times. Because he forgot. When Ulrich uses the eight life, he schedules a great last show for real. Yeah, so this was their number one that they said uh, from Screen Rant. I don't know if you remember this episode. I do. Yeah. It was was terrifying to think, okay, so... just the idea of being buried alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, I was just uh, rewatching Kill Bill Volume Two. Oh yeah, and that scene is just so like I just think about it so much because that has to be like the worst mm-hmm. it, to just like hear because they you know does a good job of like really capturing just when you see the nails come down and the light go out and then you hear the weight of the the dirt coming on top it was just like the it was so good mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember but ryan reynolds was in a film called buried in 2010 oh i vaguely remember that film mm-hmm. i mean there's a, that's a, a tr- like a common yeah thing there's a couple of them like that so according to bloody disgusting their number 1 is the new arrival So that was season four, episode seven. It was a pompous radio psychologist, Dr. Alan Getz. Yeah, yeah, like Mr. Fraser Crane is told that he is in danger of losing his show due to poor ratings. In a bid to remedy the problem, he decides to visit the home of a regular caller, Nora, a woman who has continual trouble with her badly behaved daughter, Felicity, a move which he believes will be a great publicity stunt. Accompanied by his long-suffering producer, Bonnie, and his... Who wrote this? It says, and his bitchy boss, Rona. You know who wrote this? Bloody disgusting. Um, uh, also, if you don't agree with these number ones, please write them. Don't write me, but you can write them. You can, you can write us. Tweet at us at Nerdificent to let us know your number one favorite episode. These are just different ones that I took from different sites. But in this particular one, it was pretty gory. There was... Um, Felicity kind of had uh, set it up to be essentially like a murder house so there was renegade ceiling fans electrified doorknobs razor blade like dark hallways that were lined with razor blades she's an hh holmes yeah 
And then it was directed by Peter Medic, who went on to work on The Wire and Breaking Bad. Wow. Yeah. And Jen, you were saying that this had the lady from Poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you see her, she's just, ah, you just, she scares the crap out of me because I think of Poltergeist. So, <laughs> like, but she's such a good force. But you're like, uh, Poltergeist. <laughs> no, none of the ones that I looked at, they had like honorable mentions. That was Death of of Some Salesman. Yes. But I know that that was one that you liked a lot. Can you talk about that one? Yeah. So that had Ed Bagley Jr. And he was a con artist trying to get people to essentially buy plots of land for their uh, for their grave sites, saying that their lost love had just put down a down payment for them and that they needed to pay the rest of it to be able to get the inheritance. So he was just a you already don't like him from the start. You're like, OK, you're a con artist jerk. And then he goes to a house that happens to have uh, a whole family played by Tim Curry. Yeah, it's <laughs> like automatically I'm entertained. I want this to be an hour. <laughs> so uh, the family absolutely hates salesmen. And you realize that they've been murdering salesmen. And they have a daughter who's up on the second floor. And they said, well, maybe if he marries her, he can stay alive. What? Yeah. That's such a random. Yeah. You're like, oh, what is she like? Because she's also going to be played by Tim Curry. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So they end up having uh, relations, and he proposes to uh, to her like a con artist, uh, and claims to be getting. She claims that there is a forty thousand dollar inheritance dowry in the basement, and that she needs to dig it up. And he ends up. Am I giving too much away? No, like, please. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. He ends up killing the father and the mother. And saying that we need to run away together and let's grab that inheritance. And he shoots his uh, his brand new wife, digs up this grave, essentially, it looks like at the end, grabs the inheritance, and it turns out to be the very scam that he sold them. Oh. And then everybody was in on the hoax. So the mother and the father are not dead. It was, I guess, blanks. And the wife, uh, the new wife, um, bride, uh, gets up and they end up killing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a fresh grave right there to do it. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. A little known fact about this is Eddie Murphy turned down the role to play Ma Pa and Winona Brackett. <laughs> so it went to Tim Curry. I mean, it is funny because so when did this come out? 1993. Yeah, it is funny since you know Eddie Murphy did play an entire family uh, with the Clumps. So. Very fascinating. Yeah. And then uh, Tim Curry was nominated for this. He was, yeah. But it went to uh, someone on p- for Picket Fences. Wait, like, was it an Emmy that he was nominated for? It was, uh, was it an Emmy or a Golden Globe? He was Globe? nominated for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series in 1994, which unfortunately went to Richard Kiley for his performance on Picket Fences. Got it. Ah. Yeah, because everybody's like, let's go to the Picket Fences podcast. <laughs> So we're going to get into some more of our favorite episodes, also talk about some of the critical reception of the show, and it might have had a possible reboot. Uh, We're going to do that right after the break. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. It's your boy, Ify Whiteway, and we're talking about tales from the crypt with that spooky laugh that scared me every time. <laughs> no, that's not quite it. <laughs> you know, you something like that. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, just like okay. more annoying. It yeah. just sounds like the Simpsons kid. <laughs> I know. Good old Nelson. There you go. Yeah. So, Jen, you had another couple of favorite episodes that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. One of them is all, an All Through the House, which was. Oh, yeah. That was used in also in the 1972 uh, Tales from the Crypt movie, which mm-hmm. had Joan Collins in it. And that's where uh, the wife murders her husband. And she's trying to take care of the, trying to clean up the murder where she overhears that an insane man is on the loose and then uh, finds that this insane man is trying to get into her house. So she can't call the cops. Otherwise, she'll be uh, automatically found out as this murderess. Uh, and so she's trying to lock up this house and it's just incredibly sus- suspenseful. And her daughter actually ends up uh, opening the door to this insane man because he's dressed up as Santa. It's oh, wow. what she deserves, not the mm-hmm. daughter, but the mom. Also, that's just so weird that she like kills her husband on Christmas Eve. And yeah. Her little, yeah. And she like tucks her daughter in for bed and then does it. <laughs> so normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I better go kill my husband now. It's like, well, time to tuck, time to go. tuck her in. Uh, this was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pretty cool. Yeah. This was actually, I forgot, someone did have this as their number one. Oh, good. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, it was Ranker. Ranker put this as their number one episode. Um, so that really, yeah, that stood out for them too. <laughs> I would also say other ones that I liked. Uh, one of them, I just felt like it was the most extreme versions of men and women for the yeah. series. Uh, was Dead Right, where Demi Moore 
just looking absolutely mm-hmm. flawless. <laughs> she comes out and she's a gold digger, like you had said yeah, before. Yeah. And she goes to um, a palm reader to try to find her fortune. And she's told that she's going to lose her job and get a job immediately after. And she does. And then she's told uh, she's going to meet a man and he's not going to have money, but he'll come into money soon after and then he'll die. So she she finds this man and it's Jeffrey Tambor in a fat suit. He's wonderful, just looking the most vile he can, and he's a patron at a strip club that she ends up working for, and she's like, I don't, I can't be with this guy, I don't want to be with him, are you sure he's the guy who has all this money, and she says, yes, he is, you need to go for it, uh, she ends up marrying him, and then she wins some kind of lottery, and it turns out that she's the one who inherits the money, and she tries to leave him. And he goes super toxic masculinity and starts killing her, saying, if I can't have you, no one can. And he kills her, inheriting her money, and then gets electrocuted for the crime uh, because he gets committed. (laughs) Yeah, the split second one wasn't too different than that, I would say. It wasn't too different, uh, weirdly enough. But, I mean, there was a lot more flannel because it was lumberjacks. (laughs) But, yeah, not... Not too, too different. It was a gold digger who, um, I guess, she marries this, like, really older, uglyish guy, and then he, like, catches her with another, a younger man, and um, and then they both actually end up getting chopped in half. Yeah. Or chopped up. Yeah. It's a... Is that where he was coming back from when mm-hmm. in your clip? That's what he had. Yeah, exactly. The ch- what's, what's interesting is, like, for that, the, the Jeffrey Tambor one... That one actually, I I was so interested if he didn't kill her because that would have been like, interesting because mm-hmm. she she's the bad person yeah and then like you know it's the typical twist but they're like now nah, we're gonna have him like that almost that almost seems like he has to get like someone is thinking like he has to get his and it's like no his would just be getting the money why that's extra but it's funny because uh, or not necessarily funny but they say you know. Horror comes from, you know, people writing about the things that they're most afraid of, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, uh, Rod Serling wrote a lot about isolation and being stranded because, you know, he dealt with being in World War II and hated it. Right. And it's funny that, you know, this show with uh, pretty much successful writers, their biggest fear is these gold digger <laughs> women. I, that and instead is of, s- so telling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and but instead of leaning into it and letting the horror live in the, like, that, they're like, well, we're, we're also going to make sure that they get theirs, too. You know, <laughs> like, it seems so over the top and unnecessary. It's that classic thing that they say, um, I don't know if it's, it's not a slogan, but it's just this saying that I've been hearing a lot lately, that... Men are worried about women laughing at them, and women are worried about men, you know, murdering us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, truly. Very, you know, similar playing field. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were also talking about, uh, during our break, you were talking about how Danny Elfman did the music for the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did that, um, the theme song to it, and he also did the theme song for Simpsons, and he also was in Oingo Boingo. Like, I was what listening. What guy not done? Because it's uh, Spooktober, I was actually listening to Dead Man's Party on the way over here. Yeah. Um, I saw, Ify, remember I was saying that um, every year, so every year at the Hollywood Bowl here, they do... Uh, a 
live thing of the Nightmare Before Christmas. But every year they're like, this is the last year. This is the last chance. So I went. I think I went last year because I was like, this is last year. last, And I've never gone. So I went and it was Danny Elfman and Catherine O'Hara and Paul Rubens. Like they had the original cast. And uh, it was great. And then at the very end, and like they would show, you know, scenes from the movie. The orchestra would play. The people would come out and sing. Uh, the actors would. And then at the end he did like, he played with Oingo Boingo, but then it's back this year. And oh, I'm yeah, like, you can't, sure you back. can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> it's it's never actually gone away ever. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. It's one of my favorite, favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Danny Elfman. And then they also had other music uh, for the show. There was a Christmas soundtrack. Yeah, I want to know the family who played that the opening <laughs> presents. I don't know. Some kid. I feel like some te- teenager might have been super into it. Um, it. In 1994, there was a Christmas album called Have Yourself a Scary Little Christmas. Um, <laughs> Real stretching with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had songs that were performed by the Crypt Keepers, such as Juggle, Juggle Bills, which was a play on Jingle Bells. Uh and yeah, it just a lot of a Christmas rap. Wow, I would love to hear what that sounds like. <laughs> that was the early '90s where everyone was trying to do a you know? rap, and it was mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Raps were in. And then there also was a metal album that came out called "Tales from the Crypt: Monsters of Metal." So, so there you go. Go check those out. We are going to take a really quick break and then come back with more spookiness from Tales from the Crypt right after these messages. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey, everybody. You know it's your boy, Ify Wyoway here, sitting across from me, Danny Fernandez. Yes, and we're joined by Jen Saunderson, and you actually wanted to talk about one other one, which was the ventriloquist one, yeah. which is actually a common theme because, Ify, do you remember we talked about this in the Halloween episode and Twilight Zone because there was a Goosebumps one, remember Night of the yep. Living Dummy? Um, the Dummy was a Twilight Zone episode, and now we have it in Tales from the Crypt. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, they also had it in Dead of Night in 1945, and that was that's still terrifying. Uh, but the ventriloquist dummy, I believe it was uh, season two, episode 10, and it had two great comedians. It had Don Rickles, and it had uh, Bobcat Goldwaith. And instead of having it be like this uh, dummy is uh, possessed or something like like uh, out of worldly, this was a situation where the dummy. Am I spoiling this? No, 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 no please. Spoil- I okay. mean, it came out when in the nineties. Yeah, if you can, if you haven't seen yeah, this, like everyone can chill. That's what our <laughs> podcast is like. Unless it came out last month, no. But, no yeah. Everyone can chill. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So, uh, big spoiler here, Bobcat, he's trying to get uh, tips on how to be this great ventriloquist, like how Don Don Rickles is. I'm always worried I'm going to say his name wrong. And uh, it turns out that it's because he has an attached, uh, a conjoined twin on his hand. (laughs) That's a different spin to it. Yeah. That's a different spin to it, because normally (laughs) that's so hilarious. Also, does he poop? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they gave you boobs. They gave you cursing, not defecation. <laughs> I mean, th- that's where my mind goes to because your hand is up. It's like a puppet. Where is your hand going? Um, so, yeah, because that's a twist on how it's normally done is the puppet comes to life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, this is a real person. They're yeah. just like on his hand. I love it. That's so great. Yeah. 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 But that was a very common theme and probably will continue to be a theme. Actually, do you remember the film at all, the Tales from the Crypt movie? I remember Demon Knight fairly well with um, with Billy Zane. Your buddy Billy Zane mm-hmm. is a cool dude. <laughs> and uh, it also had Jada Pinkett Smith. And Well, I think she was just Jada Pinkett at that uh-huh. time. Yeah. And it was about uh, an ultimate demon, Billy Zane. And he had uh, a, a slew of, of demons coming after to try to find this vial that had like the last droplet of Christ's blood because all of a sudden this got real creepy religious and it was um, everybody was shacked up in this kind of roadhouse uh, bar in the middle of nowhere fighting off demons and Jada Pinkett uh, ends up swallowing the blood uh, becoming the vial herself. I'm not explaining I, this very no, well. No, no. I, I, <laughs> There's oh so gosh. much going I, on in that movie. This is so foggy <laughs> for me because I have, yeah, but I totally remember, oh my gosh, yeah. It's just like super hazy from the parts where like I was allowed to watch as a child as I had mm-hmm. to cover my eyes. That also happened a lot. Like for some reason, HBO, I think was always showing um, True Lies. Oh yeah. And uh, that same thing. Jamie Lee Curtis also, because we talked about her in the last episode, but um Screen Queen. Yeah, the true, truly. And I'm really excited for that film coming out. Um oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna see be... it this weekend. Ooh. Ooh. For Beyond Fest. Oh, oh that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on to the reboot that didn't really happen. Um, <laughs> if you do you wanna talk about that? Yeah, yeah. This this is this was crazy because it was uh, wrapped in controversy and also just like uh we we're talking about with uh, the Chucky issue that we talked on the last episode, this this kind of uh, walked down a similar line. So Tales from the Crypt uh, was about to do a reboot, but apparently they were going to do it without the Crypt Keeper. So, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, but there was a reason why. Yeah, apparently uh, it was going to be a weekly anthology like the original show, but uh, without the Crypt Keeper because uh, 
basically, it seemed like they had trouble kind of locking down the rights to it. Uh, and what happened was uh, Kassir finding out, uh, called basically called out that the Crypt Keeper wasn't going to be in it, and fans just exploded. Uh, and Kassir's response to the fans' outcry and outrage was that it's funny I have more trending going on with my name for a job that I don't have than any job I've ever had. Uh, and yeah, it actually landed a change.org petition. I don't know why we're still doing that. Like so many times people will make a change.org petition about something. I'm like, is, is, is it really going to do anything? Where it's like, you for know, a Senator, like I need to get John Kassir to be, yeah, exactly. Like, like the, the only, Senate. the only change.org, uh, petition I stood behind was when there was one to change the name of Fire Ants to Spicy Boys, because I still think we need to fight that fight. I signed that, too. Yeah, we need to make sure. <laughs> Wait, fi- but what about the women? Uh, you know. Iffy. It, yeah, hey. 2018. Know. Yeah, well, you know. Spicy fr- can Wait, Ants spicy can be fr- women. Spicy friends. Well, they have to be. That's They're true. The, the queen is the, the ruler but That's of the, the queen. That, that's the spicy queen. She's the, the rest, spicy girl. Yeah, yeah. She's the spicy queen. <laughs> I'm Look, we we, so we, we 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 haven't thought it out all the way through, but you know, cool thing, you know, you could be spicy, spicy ants or spices, maybe just spices. I think the Spice Girls are holding on to the Spicy Girl title <laughs> for the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they blocked us out. So I guess it was supposed to be on TNT, and uh, they had problems with the rights in general seemed like it started with the Crypt Keeper, and then it just it eventually turned out that the whole series had issues. And the underlying, uh, and basically, Turner Network issued a statement saying that the underlying rights to the classic vintage property are complicated. TNT and others have been pursuing a solution for more than a year with significant progress being made. We look forward to the potential for further active development of this valuable franchise once the clearance process is fully resolved. And since we still don't have a show to this day, I guess it never was. Yeah. M. Night was actually really excited about doing it, too. Um, I was watching an interview where he was talking about it, and I guess it just didn't go. Um, I feel like that's right up his wheelhouse. Yeah. A lot of disappointment with M. Night Shyamalan. The happening. Well, I mean, I actually like the happening. (laughs) What? I've had, uh, you know, someone say they like the happening, too. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I also feel like it is the same message that Poison Ivy has because she just feels like the reason why she kills humans, she doesn't even want to kill humans, the reason why she does if she has to is because they're ruining the planet and she just wants to save the planet. So, um, or plants. So there you go. Mm. But yeah, I guess the reboot, uh, it didn't go. It didn't go. So I don't know. I don't know the future of this show. or if I'm sure it's kind of crazy because I'm sure with how much we're capitalizing on nostalgia that this will probably end oh, up yeah. being something. But since it seems like they can't get the, like if he was saying, it seems like because they can't get the rights to the Crypt Keeper that it might not, if it does move forward, it'll have to move forward without him. However, do you think that they could have something similar to him? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's, Maybe just, if they it's went, not Tales from the Crypt without the Crypt Keeper. Well, remember they had that witch, right? Maybe if they tried that. Mm-hmm. That'd yeah. Be a nice one. I mean, they're having was it like just a couple months from now they're going to be relaunching Twilight Zone. Yeah. So I feel like if they can do a 
third installment. I think they've redone Twilight Zone two or three times at this point, plus the movie. I feel like they could do Tales from the Crypt, maybe Sans uh, Crypt Keeper. Yeah, that's just call him. What is like a call him like a knockoff? You know, the grip, the The grave watcher. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. That's hey, where it'll be. And he, and he has like a raspy voice instead of a high pitched one. Hey, everybody, I'm the grave watcher. He just sounds like he's like a, a Sunday, like Sunday, Sunday, yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Gold diggers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, maybe that's maybe that is the move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I one final thing uh, that we I want to talk about there was the critical reception of the show when it came out. So um, this was from Chris William, 1989, in the LA Times. There's nothing cryptic about tonight's premiere trilogy. I love. Remember, Ify, that's my that's my weakness when movie <laughs> reviewers have to use like puns and things oh, yeah. like that. What was the other one that I read? It was like these kids are stiff as a board or yeah. something. Remember that from for the, that for the, Oh craft? no, it was for um, Avatar, the last airbender or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's nothing cryptic about tonight's premiere trilogy of tales from the crypt. HBO's anxiously anticipated horror anthology series, perhaps befitting its garish comic book origins. The series looks to be about as subtle as a sledgehammer or I'm sorry. I just, I always picture critics, even though you and I are like movie reviewer adjacent, I always picture critics as that critic in Ratatouille. (laughs) They're just always in a bad mood. Um, And we work with them. So I know Um, they're probably going to write me. Don't write me. I don't care. Uh, Or a fireplace (laughs) poker in the cranium or an arrow in the chest. So he's talking about the original series that we all like loved and grew up with. It's funny because I do think we look at it with an air of nostalgia and this person hated it Um, or an arrow in the chest or any of the other dozen or so methods of dispatch on view in the three episodes tonight at 930. Um, And he just basically goes on to talk about the show. So that's fun, but it was still really popular. Mm-hmm. Ify, that's how I feel Venom is going to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, uh, yeah. Venom's I, coming out, and I have a bunch of our friends saw it tonight, and their reviews are already up, and I feel like that's how it's, people are going to be like, it's not good, but go see it, because it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I, you're so right. That's that. I'm just so surprised that there's a Venom movie that's out, and I'm not excited about it. I thought you were saying you're not in it. <laughs> oh no, that's you know that's a lot harder than being excited for. It. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about uh, Tales from the Crypt? Um, I think just going off of what you were saying, I think there's always going to be a really strong niche for horror movies, um, books, um, just B movies and series, etc. And I, I just think no matter what critics say, there will always be like one or two outliers that they get excited about, like Hereditary or Get Out. Yeah. yeah. And well, I, it's it's I mean, horror has had a good streak when you look at like The Conjuring, mm-hmm. you had Get Out, you had Hereditary, The Silence Witch, of the Lambs. Yeah, like I just meant like in this like current. Oh, sorry. Chunk. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, horror, horror in general Poulter is good. Guys. Yeah. I mean, horror in general is good, but I feel like. Uh, 
horror has been hit and miss. Like, especially what we talked about last episode was when we got into the gore porn type of uh, horror. I think people just kind of dismissed horror. And I think now horror is kind of having its renaissance with mm-hmm. so many. Uh, you had It Follows that yes. a lot of people oh, went to watch. Gosh, yeah. uh, even The Babadook, which uh, has mm-hmm. which is Indie both horror. a meme, too. <laughs> uh, so... That's what's so interesting, especially if you think of something like The Conjuring having a more stable and popular cinematic universe than the DC universe. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's interesting to see where horror is going now. And it seems like now also using the wave of this new popular string of horrors, we're starting to do reboots because we have Halloween. And then before that, which which we just had a, a, a reboot, but I forget the name of it. Yeah. Oh, we have um, we have the oh no, that's not a reboot, but we uh, have the Child's Play one that's coming out that yeah, we talked yeah. about. Yeah, the Child's Play one. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where this goes. Um, probably the day. Remember the day we dropped our Avatar episode? They announced the new show on Netflix. Oh yeah. So just wait. Um, I hope the day we drop this that it'll be announced a new Tales from the Crypt on Netflix. I'm sure that makes that, sense. That would be wild. Uh, Jen, where can everyone catch you? I'm I'm always around town doing the comedy. I'm going to be, that's how I call it, just doing the comedy uh, at the Pack Theater and at different comedy clubs or just at jensaunderson.com or at jensaunderson on Twitter. Hell yeah. And I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez on all the socials. Tweet at us. Let us know what your favorite Tales from the Crypt episode is. Obviously, like the Twilight Zone and a lot of these anthology ones, we can't talk about every episode. Um, So we try to just pull some of the favorites from some really popular blogs. Uh, But definitely let us know yours or your favorite, you know, cameo appearance from a celebrity uh, hit us up and check out our T Public site because we dropped some spooky designs in there. Ooh, yes, Got people we do. staying spooky for Spooktober. Definitely check it out. Buy some merch. Yes. <laughs> so make sure you buy some merch. We definitely have a temporary Stay Spooky shirt uh, just for the month of October. Ooh. It's gone when it's gone. And definitely check out just the Nerdificent Tea Public Shop. We're going to add some of our favorite shirts from across the whole site. And if you just need a shirt to cover up as we get into these colder months, why don't you consider coming through the shop? Buy a little something. It helps out the podcast, and it keeps you warm. We got any new designs coming, Effie? Oh, yeah. Uh, it is prematurely up right now. Oh, so my. all the But, you know, if you get it, you get, like, the unofficial uh, design because it's way too big. But, yeah, the Nerd Prime, uh, Supreme Nerd Deficient logo, BOGO shirt will be dropping soon. I'm going to push it to sep- uh, November. I've got my months mixed up because October is all for Stay Spooky. And then yeah. once that's gone, you'll be able to get that. And once it's gone, it's gone. For all your holiday wears. Yeah. If you need to find me, you can find me at ifywideway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram and ifdies on Twitch, holding it down. Uh, and as always, Stay Spooky.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.